0: All right, I am Haggai Davis III, along with Haggai Davis II, and we'd like to welcome you to Tech Gumbo. Our show is a conversation about the past, present, and future of all things technology that we like to keep topical, interesting, and digestible. We want to thank our sponsor, Cardinal Capital, for making this possible. Cardinal Capital connects businesses to capital. It doesn't matter what business that you are in, Cardinal Capital has the resources all across the United States that are willing to help fund organizations Of all sizes, life cycles, categories, and locations, Cardinal Capital works with you to craft the best commercial finance package for you to achieve your business goals. Whether you're looking to refinance current debt because of the new government programs and favorable interest rates, or finance new equipment, or maybe you're trying to acquire another business entirely, Cardinal Capital is the resources to make it happen. When lenders cannot do a loan, they seek out Cardinal Capital to help. The Cardinal Capital guys are easy to work with and fun to be around contact them today at 225-308-3700 or send them an email at info at cardinalcap.net and they'll be happy to help you with your commercial finance needs.
1: So each week we take a listener question about a topic that they were interested in. They visited our website, techgumbo.net and submitted a question. And this week's question was, what is chat GPT and why should I care? And for sending us that question we are going to be sending out that big, beautiful tech gumbo mug.
0: Yes, because this is a great question. And it's something that it's really interesting to me that it hasn't really breached the mainstream yet. That I, I see some tech people talking about it, and the tech people that I see talking about it are enthralled with it. But I, I think that's with crypto being in the dumpster right now, a lot of people in the mainstream just are kind of skeptical of new things coming out in tech, which I think is very valid. But ChatGPT really feels like the first step in a revolution to me. It's Right now, it's, it's only a couple days old. It's only been out for less than two weeks. But the things that it's capable of doing are really phenomenal. So this launched
1: on November 30th by a company called OpenAI, which was created out there in Silicon Valley by one of the guys that we're not talking about this week. And this is all about working with artificial intelligence. It's a a chat system. You tell it, you ask it a question, you tell it to do something and it will do it. But this one's different from other chatbots that have been tried. Other chatbots, they went instantly racist and instantly just within days went to the worst of the worst kind of conversation you could possibly happen, and they had to kill them quickly. This one's got different filters that aren't allowing that to happen.
0: It's also that other chatbots, whenever they tried to sound human, that if you were to start to ask it questions, it you know would – break in funny ways or do weird things. Again, this is the next generation forward. This is a a quantum leap that if this isn't just, oh, it's a slightly better version of what happened in the past. One, as you pointed out, it's much better about not instantly showing up toxic. But the things that it's capable of, you could say, okay, chatbot, write me a one page summary of Charlotte's web But write it in a limerick or tell me about the Palestinian-Israeli conflict, but tell me like you're a sarcastic, bored teenage girl. And so it will give you all of this information with the ability to have this language twist or spin or flavor on it that shows a mastery of language in a way that we've never seen from technology before. So if you'd like to see this for yourself, you
1: can go to a, a brow on any browser, you can go to chat.openai.com. You'll have to create your own account, sign up for it, and then start playing with this thing. And it's kind of amazing the things that it will do, kind of frightening. If you just ask it, hey, can you write me a, a two-page 12-point font br- a book report on war and peace and, and do it. And as if you were, you know, a cockney in from lower London, and it will.
0: Yeah, it also it uh, covers other aspects. You know, it can do biology. It can do physics. It can do coding. It can do all of these different things. And that's what really makes this tool. There's so much potential here. It's so new. It's so raw. It's also only version 1.0. But you have to think in a six months to a year, whenever 2.0 comes out and they start building business applications on top of this, a lot of people whose job currently is to write very good articles or to write a lot of copy editing, this is going to take over large portions of their job, if not replace entire departments of people. And that's terrifying to me.
1: And right now, this chat GPT, even in 1.0, only been out for a few weeks here. It's so convincing. It makes up quotes. It will convince humans that it, even though it's lying, it'll make you believe it's true because it, it comes up with these ridiculous quotes
0: that it's totally fabricated. That's another great point is that not only can you not tell that it's a robot, it also you can't tell if it's lying. Because whenever it speaks, it speaks with confidence, and it backs it up with evidence that may be real, may be false. Now, you can ask it if if it thinks it's true or not, but it will present it as if it's true. It will tell you, oh, I actually think this is only 65% right or whatever, and it will be able to tell you where it thinks it's wrong. But you have to know to ask that question. And so there's still a lot left here. This is brand new this is just the fresh out of the box as we said 1.0 but oh man i really think this is the future there is so much here we've been talking about the the ai for a while and that it's coming to replace jobs this is it
1: and this will not be the last time we talk about chat gpt on this show that is for sure So we want to thank that listener for bringing this to our attention, and we will be sending out that Tech Gumbo mug. If you want to see the mug, go to our website, techgumbo.net. We'd love to send one to you for asking a question of yours. But the big story we wanted to talk about this week is sports betting online,
0: using apps, using websites. In the past year alone. They have seen a expl- yeah, as you said, an explosion, just a true hockey stick upwards in terms of growth. There was $3 billion in sports betting in just the first half of 2022. That's up 66% from the first half in 2021. And there are only more states that are adopting it. Yes, by
1: the time, like even in Louisiana, Louisiana didn't come online with their sports betting until... Sometime in August. And so there are a lot of states that could not and did not enact in the first half of the year of that $3 billion. So now that you're up to 31 states, it's going to be massive, massive amounts of money that's coming through. And you've got things like LSU and Michigan State that are. They're taking advantage of some of this money, this gambling money. They're, they're allowing Caesars to advertise and have their apps in the stadiums. And
0: boy, this raises all kinds of ethical questions. Because if you're LSU and one of your products is athletic entertainment and you have the gambling app right there, oh, that feels icky. And we're not the only people to think this. The Justice Department specifically argued against the legalization of these apps for this very reason that they were worried it would compromise the integrity of virtually all of American sports. But when you're an athletic
1: program like LSU or like Michigan State or like any one of these other programs around the country that are taking these deals and these companies offer you a seven-figure check to so that they can have LSU's brand as part of their advertising, it's tough to turn that money away when you're in, when You're competing against the best of the best. You need more money to compete with the best of the best. And so here we go. Let's go. And, and this gambling
0: is just beginning to really spread. Oh, and we see it's the bills that are adopting it all over the country. That there are states wherever there was some form of gambling that was legal, for example, in New York, that prior to the spread of online gambling, it was only legal in very specific areas that were upstate. They were in economically disadvantaged areas. And the idea was that these casinos would help generate revenue. Well, whenever they were considering bringing in this online gambling, people said, well, wait a minute, you're going to pull all of that revenue out of those casinos. Well, the gambling company said, what if we just put the servers there? I'm still, whenever I do sports betting, I'm sitting on my sofa watching the game or I'm sitting in the bar watching the game. But because it goes through the server on the casino, that still counts, right? But no, because I never went upstate. I never brought my dollars there. And so this really feels like, they bent the rules so far that it doesn't even resemble what it was supposed to anymore and it didn't just happen by
1: accident there was a, a big huge story that the New York Times did about how the the state of Kansas got their gaming passed and this, probably 20,000 words, this article that just went on for pages and pages and pages. There's a lot of shenanigans that happened for Kansas to get their their gambling.
0: This article does really pick on Kansas here. It shines a, a very bright light and some very dark crevices here. But you also have to think that Kansas is not the only state where this happened. You really have to think that This playbook that these gambling companies had, they repeated all over the country. And so there's a lot of things like whenever the gambling companies originally pitched, hey, you know, you can tax this. For example, the state of New York taxes the revenue at 50 percent. The state of Kansas is taxing it much closer to one percent. And so that's the difference in the legislature for the state of New York came out very aggressively and said, no, we know we're going to, if you're going to gamble in the state of New York, if you're going to operate this online casinos, the state of New York is going to get its cut. Whereas the state of Kansas wanted to be much more business friendly. And so on several hundred million dollars in bets placed, they've generated several hundred thousand dollars in taxable income.
1: Unfortunately, the state of Louisiana had a much better percentage that they're they're raking in when it was passed as opposed to the what Kansas did. And and it's really fascinating how geofenced these gaming apps can be. In the state of Louisiana, we had to vote parish by parish. The rest of the country you call them counties, we call them parishes here. But if you're in a certain parish, they said those those voters turned that down. Well, you can, I can take my app if I'm gambling here in East Baton Rouge Parish and drive into one of those others. My app will not work in those other parishes. It's that geofence down. to. It's not about where the server is in Louisiana. It's about
0: where you are. And that's the much more sensible way to go about it. Because at the end of the day, if you think about it as whenever you press that button and says, yes, bet my 20 bucks, that's you pulling the lever on the slot machine. And so you're pulling the lever on the, on that slot machine wherever your phone is, wherever you are. And so whenever you look at what is your taxable percentage, if the East Baton Rouge Paris says that we're taxing at this rate and you know West Baton Rouge Paris says they're going to tax at a different rate. Your phone knows all that, you know, your phone knows what Wi-Fi you're on or what cell tower you're hitting. It's very possible to to narrow that down. And so, yeah, I'm sure that that was part of the whole package was that being able to specify who gets what portion of the taxes whenever they do finally cut that tax portion off the top.
1: And if you think this is just Kind of something that may be happening you've obviously not listened to any kind of sports talk radio because every sports radio host has at least one bookie per show that talks about the the point spreads the over and under the the money line and and it's so amazing to start tracking these people and how absolutely
0: accurate vegas really really is one that they didn't build all those casinos in the desert out or nothing but two i am sympathetic to the talk radio hosts who are bringing on all of these gambling numbers because it gives them structure to their conversations that if you say ah oh, i think lsu is gonna win big here well are they gonna win by 10 or are they gonna win by 17 and then now all of a sudden you're having a conversation about, OK, well, you know, I think LSU is going to be up by a touchdown here, but I, I don't think that they can close it out. And so maybe they go up by 20 at one point in time, but they give up that late touchdown. And now all of a sudden it's you're giving a lot more structure to conversation. You have numbers and, you know, you can build narratives around these things. If you're a talk radio host, this makes your life a whole lot easier because now it's not just you trying to pull things out of thin air. You can say, oh, well, Vegas on Monday said they were a one point favorite, but the line has moved and they're a four point favorite. And so now you can talk about what is public perception of this event. And it's just so many different layers and so many different ways you can come at this now. I get why that is happening.
1: Oh, sure. It, it makes for great content. These guys who have two, three hour shows every day, they've got to fill a lot of time. And boy, if you, now there's just another way to talk about sports in a, in a bigger, more robust way. That's great. It's fascinating, though, when you're hanging out with some friends, watching a game and they're all pulling out their phones and they're wagering, is this going to be a running play or a pass play? It's that instantaneous betting. It's, okay, I'm just betting a dollar that, okay, we're going to get, it's third and one. Are they going to get the first down? Bet a dollar, yes. And it's such an instantaneous, such a quick, fast-moving
0: event that you. it's almost, you're not even watching the game. And that was another one of the major concerns, another one of the major things that oppositions to this bill that – You are going to atomize gambling. You're going to put it in everyone's hands and you're going to make it faster. These are all all the wrong things to do. We know gambling is addictive. We know the destructive things that it can do to people and societies and communities. And we are supercharging it right now. I am certain that in two years time, in five years time, we're going to have a whole bunch of follow up articles about the people who because all of a sudden they could just sit there and and in their hands on their sofas with their cell phones bets ten dollars at a time twenty dollars at a time all of a sudden oh i went through my whole paycheck i went through my whole savings and you're going to create this whole new group of people who if this never happened would be productive members of society, but because you were just opening the floodgates and unleashing this brand new supply of an addictive behavior into their life, and because of how cheap it is and how prevalent and how visible it is, people are going to pick it up, and we are going to just churn through a whole group of people, and I am upset about it. And for
1: the record, it's called sports investing. It's not gambling anymore. It's sports investing, and and you can just do one dollar bets. Just one. Do- I'm just doing. I, I'm only going to do five, five one dollar bets is all. I'm all I'm going to do tonight, and then you win those five, and well, ooh, if I won those five. I'm going to try tomorrow night. And I, oh, I went, I went three and two, but I still won. I'm only doing a dollar, and then a month from now, you know, I'm twenty five and fifteen on my betting. If I had been doing bet instead of $1 bets. How much more money would I have made? And then all of a sudden you go from 25 and 15 over a a one-week period to a 10 and 30 streak. Now you've lost a lot of money. And it's not a lot of money because you're only betting a dollar at a time. So, But then when you hit that hot streak and that $1 bet turns into $10, which turns into $100, and yes,
0: that's when you start getting in trouble. It's also really important that these gambling companies are throwing out hooks. They are throwing out bait. If you've seen the ads, you've seen your first bet is free. Your first bet up to whatever is free. The reason they can do that, one, they know they're going to make money on you long term. Two, a lot of companies have put into these legislatures, put into these bills that they can have those losses be tax deductible. Those specific types of free enticement betting, we are socializing those losses so that we, the taxpayer, are paying for people to have that first little taste of that addiction so that the company can make more money on it on the back end. This is something which needs a whole lot of regulation attached to it, and it is just being thrown wide open, and you just have to know that two years, five years, ten years from now, we're going to look back on this and say, man, we should have done that a little bit smarter. So
1: if you're using DraftKings, FanDuel, BetMGM, Caesars, BetRivers, Barstool, or WinBets or whoever, be careful out there, folks, because they're making it really, really easy to take as much of your money as, they, as that
0: you want to give them. This is a business they're going to make money off of you. Yes, they will. And we
1: want to thank General Informatics for sponsoring our show. General Informatics is an information technology firm with a mission. And that mission is to make our clients even more successful through the best use of technology. Based in Batteries, Louisiana, General Informatics is a premier IT managed services provider delivering exceptional managed IT solutions to a diverse base of customers from Texas to the Carolinas. From the beginning, we have maintained our commitment to meeting the growing needs of our clients through the continuous use of innovation. With over 20 years of experience and a team of 120 plus employees, including technicians, engineers, programmers, and designers, GI has evolved to become the leading IT partner of businesses, schools, and government agencies. Our managed services teams can run your digital infrastructure or support your team on an on-demand basis, letting you focus on your business's strength. This has become a proven formula. So proven that 98% of our clients continue to do business with us year after year. Whether you need new IT services, new technology, or you just have a question, visit us on the web at geninf.com. And if you enjoyed our show today, we're here on Talk 107.3 FM every Saturday at 4, and the show will rerun Sunday at 4. If you missed any part of our show, or you would like to hear any of the previous episodes, check out our podcast, which is available on most every platform, including Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, TuneIn, Stitcher, Podcast Attic, Overcast, Player FM, and more. And when you're there, Be sure to subscribe so you'll be notified every time a new episode is posted. If you like our show, if you have some suggestions or want to submit a question, let us know by visiting our website, techgumbo.net. Thank you for listening to Tech Gumbo.